game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Nicholas Watt in the middle. He lost it. Nugent Hopkins shoots. Scores! Ryan Nugent Hopkins finds the loose puck, and he goes glove side on quick. Well, the Nuge is indeed huge tonight. Five points as the Edmonton Oilers take it to the Vegas Golden Knights. 7-4 is the final. Nugent Hopkins with a goal and four assists. Second five-point game of his career. He had five points in a 9-2 win over Chicago back on November 19th, 2011. As overall, this was an excellent performance by the Edmonton Oilers. They did give up a goal on the first shot early in the game, a minute 12 but they were in control after that leading 3-2 after the first a dominant second period for Edmonton they outscored the Golden Knights 3-1 in the second outshot them 21-6 and then the teams traded goals in the third period so the good run here for the Oilers continues 7-0-1 in their last eight games and they keep it tight atop the Pacific Division Vegas still the leaders but two points ahead of LA three points ahead of the Oilers 98 96 95 the point totals LA lost today to Calgary and then they are uh, in Edmonton on Thursday night which is going to be a good one at Rogers Place thanks a lot for joining us it's 10:53, along with Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford overtime open line well Rob it a wild game early on. The teams combined for five goals in the first nine minutes and 48 seconds of the first period. But as that period went on, you and I both kind of sensed, okay, close, but the Oilers are, are playing well. And if they stick with it, maybe they'll pull away. And they certainly did. Well, the Oilers were playing well. We thought that Quick looked a little shaky. Uh, and the Oilers had a determination in their game tonight and a, and a more of a... Uh, disciplined, detailed game than we've seen in the last few where they were playing teams at the bottom of the standings. Uh, this was a game where the Oilers' best players were very, very good, and there was really no answers from Vegas. Vegas at times looked overwhelmed in this hockey game, and this is a team, as we said and you mentioned, it's at top of the conference, and they were overwhelmed on home ice. Now, they have some injuries, and they're playing their third-string goalie, or actually tonight their fourth-string goalie. But they still have a pretty good team out there, one that's been winning consistently. And tonight, Vegas had no answers for the Edmonton Oilers. They had no answers for the Oilers' power play. Uh, their penalty kill, or the Oilers' penalty killing did a fantastic job in their chances. Jack Eichel, he might have got two secondary assists in this game, but he wasn't as dominant as he was on in Edmonton last week. The Oilers came in with a, a game plan, and they executed it very, very well tonight. The Oilers, this was one of their best games they've had in the last dozen. Well, a good second period last night, good second period tonight, too, and they, they're able to sweep this back-to-back. Yeah, here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Do you think it means to the guys in that locker room that he hits that milestone? 
Well, I think what it means uh, is to be happy for a teammate. But I, if you asked Ryan and if you asked his teammates, the most thing, the most important thing they're happy with tonight is the two points that were up for grabs against Las Vegas. Um, this is an important game for our team. I thought we played well, and uh, Ryan, uh, with the way he played, and not just on the score sheet, but just a lot of the little subtle plays that he made tonight, I thought, um, you know, was outstanding and. I know his teammates are cheering him on for sure. You were here for the tail end of last season, but what's elevated in his game this season? Um, you know what? I see uh, strong two-way versatility to Ryan. I move him all over the lineup. Um, uh, left wing, right wing, center. He plays in every situation. Um, never complains, just uh, does whatever the coaching staff or his teammates ask of him. Um, you know, he's finding the offensive groove this year, um, but his overall two-way play is at the highest I've seen as an Edmonton Oilers. I said that wrist shot of his looks a little Joe Sackick-like. What would you think of that? Um, yeah, well, he has an elite release, and he's, he hides it a little bit. And, um, you know, I think when I think of Sackick, a lot of the time it's coming off the off wing and shooting from the top of the circle there and finding that hole. And I think Ryan has uh, some of that in his game, but he's his own player, and, um, you know, he's really coming into his own. And as I said, if you would ask Ryan... I know that he's most happy with the two points that the team got today. You feel like the team's speaking at the right time? Uh, I don't think we're anywhere near our potential just yet. Uh, I think we're working towards that. I saw good signs in our team. We're back-to-back -back situation. Uh, just came off winning uh, two games in a row in two tough buildings in a, you know, a, versus a team that hasn't lost a lot. Uh, so you know, for that matter, the team yesterday hadn't lost a lot. Um, so for us to find wins, well, we weren't perfect in either game. Uh, I thought there was a lot of good uh, for us to build on, and we're building towards peaking at the right time, which is in about three weeks. How would you describe your team's ability to respond after giving up an early goal uh, for the second straight night? Uh, I thought it was good. You know, I thought we started the game well. We found gave up a goal in the first shot. It was kind of a, a weird play that went off a... Uh, you know, a bouncing puck went off a stick, uh, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I thought we controlled the, the bulk of the play in the first first period. I looked up, and I think the shots were 12-3, and, you know, the score was 3-2. You know, but, um, you know, I think there's, uh, you know, a lot to like in that start, and a lot of it is how we responded. We got a power play right away and kind of, you know, um, you know, we're able to immediately establish what we wanted to do there, and, you know, it was credit to our players. The uh, Kings lost tonight. You just got three out of four points from Vegas. You just mm -hmm. tightened everything up up there. Does it make these last seven or eight games uh, maybe a little more intriguing than they might have been? Well, I think a lot of people in this crowd right here might have uh, wrote the Oilers off when it comes to where we were going to finish, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know what? As you hear me say every single day, we try and take it one at a time. And, um, you know, we're going to get on our plane, get back to Edmonton, have a good rest day tomorrow, and, and make sure we're ready for a really good Los Angeles Kings team. We know what we're up against in them. Um, you know, we want to show well against a really good team, and the points will take care of themselves. We just want to get our game in order. Thank you. Thanks, Jay.
All right, that is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca as the Oilers win 7-4 over the Golden Knights. Yeah, Rob, before we got to Woody there, we started talking about the second period, which was the Oilers' best period last night against Arizona. Uh, but but the game was tense in the third because the Oilers couldn't quite pull away enough in the second. Well, tonight they did. I, I mentioned the shots, 21-6. Amadio ties at 3-3 early in the second period. Vegas hardly touched the puck after that, and the Oilers got three goals to make it 6-3 after two. Yeah, they were chasing uh, the rest of the game Vegas was in that period. And, and it's funny, Quick did not have a great game and was pulled after 40 minutes. But in that second period, he had about five or six big saves. I mean, the Oilers' grade-A scoring chances, they probably 13, 14 in the second period alone. It seemed like every opportunity they had was from the slot or a back door or in the crease. Uh, the Oilers pushed the pace, and Vegas couldn't keep up. Vegas, I don't find them, and with some guys out, but right now I don't find them to be a fast team. I think they're a team that wants to clog things up, don't want to give you a lot of room. But if the pace picks up, and, and that's where the Oilers took advantage, and they got their, their feet moving. They got uh, through the neutral zone in Edmonton against Vegas. They didn't get speed through the neutral zone. Today they did, and a great example was the, the goal that Kane scored. It was a wonderful give-and-go between Yamamoto and Drysaddle, but Drysaddle was going full speed. And Vegas had five guys back in the picture, but Drysaddle full speed. Alec Martinez had absolutely no chance on that. Turns him inside out, then he's got Kane back door. That's because the Oilers had speed in the neutral zone, something they didn't get in the last game. They were much better at it tonight. They forced turnovers. They forced stressful plays on the Vegas Golden Knights defenseman. They turned the puck over time and time again. And this time when they had their opportunity, they took advantage of it. Um, I don't know if you can't say enough at how well the Edmonton Oilers played in a game of this magnitude from top to bottom. I'm going to tell you something here. Fill the net by James H. Brown injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Throughout the season now, they've donated almost $30,000 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. It's up to $29,800. 100 bucks every time the Oilers score. And games like these last two certainly help out Santa. So we appreciate that as the Oilers win at 7-4. Mention Nuge gets the uh, five points. You heard Woodcroft... Uh, praising him. I think we're going to hear from Dreisaitl talking about Nuge as we go along as, as well. He's got 96 points. Uh, came in with 91. <laughs> He's up to 96. I got a message from a listener during a game and said, has one team ever had the top three scores in the league in a season? They have. I, I quickly checked a couple seasons in which, or I checked a few seasons in which I thought it might have happened, and I found a couple. Maybe tomorrow I'll look through every one. But uh, there was one year uh, Gretzky and Curry were 1-2, and Messi and Mario tied for third. I think that was 86-87. And uh, how I found a year how Abel and Lindsay did it. They might have done it more than once, but I, f I found one. But anyway, just the fact that we can ask, I don't know if Nuge is going to get third, but he's, he's going to be in the top 10, and now 100 points is be cool if it happened on home ice in the next two games. Yeah, it will be. I, I, yeah, he's not going to get third. Uh, but he w right now he's sixth in the National Hockey League. And the way he's playing, it's uh, you. Every time he steps on the, it, when Connor's on the ice, you feel he can score at any time. When Leon's on the ice, something good offensive is going to happen at any time. It's getting to that point now with R and H. 
Um, 100 points is not easy to come by in the National Hockey League. And it's not just on the back of being on the best power play in the league. Uh, he's creating for teammates. He's tur turning turnovers into quick goals. Uh, he's just he's having a fantastic season. And again, a lot of people say that, well, if Connor was in the NHL, well, Leon right now would be in the running for the MVP. Well, take away Connor and Leon, and now R&H, uh, he'd be up there in the voting. He's having that good a year. And the thing that makes R&H special is he's not a one-trick pony. He's not okay. He's getting it all on the power play. No. Okay, well, he's five on five. He's sound defensively, and he's a power play guy. Well, it's not just that, because he's also one of their best penalty killers. So he does just about everything for this Oiler team. That's why he's so important to this team. And all of a sudden, he's on one of the best um, contracts in the National Hockey League. He signed this long-term deal and, uh, you know, took a bit of a discount, and wow, what uh, return the Edmonton Oilers are getting on RNH is he's having an absolute career year that we hope does not end anytime soon. Now, the power play is special. It Go certainly goes is. goes three for three tonight. They did give up a short-headed goal, though they got it back 24 seconds after that. So the updated power play percentage is 32.7. The best ever recorded in the NHL is 31.9. Whether they get number one all time or not is, well, it would be fun if they do it, but it is one of the best power plays of all time, Rob, especially because this is the fourth consecutive year. They're, they're well over 25%. And, you know, Hyman, okay, of course it revolves around three guys, but even having Hyman has added a new dimension. And you referenced it, I can't remember if you said it after the first or second period, but it's, it's almost when they're really clicking, how do we want to score? Mm-hmm. Who's going to deliver the kill shot? It, it, it is funny. It's like, okay, tonight it's Leon's turn. Today, okay, this one is Connor's. Uh, there's, their power play is so good for, for a number of reasons. All five guys on the ice have the ability to score, and they all do. Uh, I mean, whether it's Hyman or Nuge or Connor or Leon or Bush, they all have the ability. They, they are all good playmakers. So you can't take away, okay, we're going to take away Leon's shot, so we're going to force him to pass. Well, okay, now you're forcing the best passer on the ice to make the play. But what sets them apart to me is their puck retrieval, and you mentioned it on the pregame show, that if there is a race for a puck, they don't always win the race, but they win the puck. That you might get to the puck before me, but I'm going to lift your stick, or I'm going to do something that hinders you trying to get the puck out. And the others get more second and third and fourth opportunities than any team I've seen in the National Hockey League. And then the biggest one, you can have great players and, and great um, design plays, but the puck doesn't go in the back of the net without great execution. And there's no team in the NHL this year and no team in the NHL that I can remember that executes better than the Oilers. They make every pass that goes stick to stick. Watch other teams' power plays. And for example, let's talk about Tampa. Kucherov going back door to Stamkos. One out of four times that puck gets across. There's always a stick deflecting or when it gets across there's someone in the lane so they have to redo it. The Oilers, every pass is stick to stick. They're always making the perfect pass. They're, if they have a, a no-look thing and they put it into an area, it's always an area where their player is going to get to it first. So I've never seen a team execute as well as the Edmonton Oilers. Now you've got to have good talent to be able to execute mm -hmm. it, but they do. So they, their puck, puck retrieval as well as their execution added to the fact that they have two, the two best players in the world 
and some pretty good role players playing with them. Yeah, and there was a lot of talk when Barry got traded. Well, is it going to drop off? I mean, Bouchard's different than Barry. Mm -hmm. They could both score from the point. Barry may be more of a wind-up, but Bush can get off that quick one. Yep. And as we've seen, you can hear it before you see it go in because he's, he's good at picking his spot with that quick shot too. So the Oilers win 7-4 over Vegas, Rob. I mentioned the standings. Um, you know, look... We we get I mean we've been getting asked about the playoffs since the first week of the season finally and I've noticed Woody talks about it more he always deflected he even made a joke with us the other day in Edmonton where he said well during training camp I was already getting asked about how we're going to do in the playoffs and he's like come on but now you know he'll mention game eighty yep. three yep. it is that time look he, the Oilers still got seven games left I don't know if they're going to win them all. They're probably going to have a tough night. It happens in the NHL. But, you know, we often get asked, well, who do they match up against? How would they play against this team? Of course, there are tougher matchups for certain teams. But you see a game like this, and Vegas is a very, very good team. Yep. And you see the Oilers are good enough that if they get going, they can control the game, even against a good team. And that would be, I think, my message. This doesn't guarantee anything in the playoffs. We know the playoffs are difficult, unpredictable bounces crazy stuff happens but yeah yeah i think you have to remember um other fan bases are probably really worried about playing the orders yep. when they see a night it does, i'm not saying the orders would get you know could are going to go to the stanley cup or they're, they're guaranteed to beat anybody but you have to remember every, every time you're sitting there as an orders fan thinking oh well this worries me about vegas this worries me about uh, la well what if we ever played minnesota all, all those fan bases would watching this game and especially the second period and thinking oh my god what if we played this team in the playoffs? well I, I think in the western conference there's three teams that scare people i, I think the la kings do because they're deep the colorado avalanche i mean they're the stanley cup champions and the Edmonton Oilers. I think those three teams scare every other team more so than, than and, and any other ones out there. Uh, I think the, the hardest matchup for the Oilers will be L.A. doesn't mean they can't beat them, but I think they're the hardest matchup just because L.A. is a good hockey club. But if we go to the L.A. Kings, the hardest matchup for the L.A. Kings would be the Edmonton Oilers because they're a very good hockey club. And that's where you don't want to see those two teams play in the first round because it's like the what we see out east all the time where Toronto and Tampa well, play each other. The crazy thing is we've known Toronto and Tampa Bay are going to play each other since about November 15th. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about still this being decided yeah. in the last so, seven games. So it, it, there's a lot that still can happen. I, I still think the LA Kings have the advantage going into the last 10 days of the regular season because they have a they have a one-point lead on the Oilers and they have a game in hand. So they, they have an advantage. They still control their destiny. Vegas still controls their destiny. The Oilers could win the remainder seven games. That doesn't guarantee them home ice. But uh, a game Thursday, you beat L.A., all of a sudden, L.A. for the first time is looking up at the Oilers in the standings. There's a little bit more pressure. But the one that's funny right now, too, is whoever wins the division could be playing against the Calgary Flames. In the playoff picture, they are—they uh, were dead and gone. Like we've—we've we've written them. I, off. I really thought they—they they wouldn't make it. Well, and they we, still might not. They still might but not. But nobody thought the Winnipeg Jets were going to fall completely apart like they have. They just—they got shut out in San Jose tonight, and the Calgary Flames beat a very good LA King team. So, the, the Calgary Flames, uh, and I just looked—the Calgary Flames have one of the easiest schedules. In the National Hockey League, the only team on their schedule that's in the playoffs right now, 
for the remainder of games is the Winnipeg Jets. How, when, how, what day do they play again? Uh, the Jets play against Calgary uh, on April the 5th. So, okay, so next... Wednesday. Wednesday, so there'll still be a week left after. I was, I was hoping it was the very last game. No, they have... Well, actually, then then Vancouver... Or Calgary, if that plays Vancouver, Nashville, and San Jose. Like, they've got... Vancouver's got... Or, sorry, Calgary's got Vancouver, Anaheim, Chicago, Winnipeg, Cal, um, Nashville, San Jose. So they got an easy schedule. So they... I mean, there's still belief. Uh, and I think right now, there's a lack of belief in Winnipeg as they have completely fallen apart. That... They were. They had what a start they had to the season, to be where they are in the playoff race right now, and then the outside underdog that the whole world's cheering for, the National Predators, doing it with smoke and mirrors right now, but are actually, uh, they're ahead of the Calgary Flames percentage-wise, and I, I think would be close to the percentage-wise of the Winnipeg Jets as well. The Predators won 2-1 tonight in Boston as we go to the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source, source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. As Rob mentioned, the Sharks beat the Jets 3-0. Flames get a 2-1 win over the Kings. The Flames uh, had three, well, two goals that were in the net called off and then one that they thought might have crossed the line that didn't show up over the line in video review, but the Flames win it. Stars win 4-1 in Chicago. Blues beat the Canucks 6-5 in overtime. Red Wings outscore the Penguins 7-4. Lightning blank the Hurricanes 4-zip. Flyers over the Canadians 3-2. Rangers hammer the Blue Jackets 6-2. And right here on 6:30, Chet, it is Edmonton 7, Vegas 4. Five points from this man, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Do you remember your first five-point night? Uh, I think against Chicago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like your 19th NHL game. Yeah, I remember that. We used to have some uh, high-scoring games against Chicago uh, back in the day. I think uh, uh, Gags got his eight-point night against too. Uh, your previous career high was 69 points. Now you're coming in close on point number 100, four points away. What's been the biggest difference for you, and what? Why is everything just going so right for you? This um, no, I mean obviously uh, offensively our team's uh, been clicking all year and um, playing with some great players and uh, just trying to uh, help out a little more offensively uh, than I did last year and um, obviously I think when you have te team success and individual success falls out sometimes. How do you assess your team's ability to respond especially early on in hockey games when you give up an early one? Yeah, I think it's a great sign. Um, uh, obviously, you don't want to give up any uh, early like that, uh, especially against a team like that. But I thought we did a great job of responding. And there's really no let up in our game. Uh, it's just uh, one shift after another and uh, the confidence that we can go out there and uh, tie it up. If I told you that wrist shot you scored on looks kind of like Joe Sackick, what would you say? <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate that, but I don't think it's uh, quite Joe-like. He's definitely uh, uh, was an idol of mine uh, growing up. Um, he was also a Burnaby guy, but uh, I definitely don't think it's uh, quite that level. How about that wrist shot from Brett Kulak out of the <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was pretty nice. Yeah, it was the, uh, the pole and uh, put a far side blocker. So uh, uh, great job by him bearing down uh, when he got the chance there. We don't you guys, I know, don't pour over the standings and talk about that much, but this was a game, if you don't win this game in regulation, you could probably kiss any kind of a run at the division uh, 
you're not going to have it. Does this, you know, does this put you back in play? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, we know who we're playing. We know where they're at in the standings. Uh, we know where we're at, and we're still pushing for home ice, and um, uh, I think that does make a difference come playoff time. So I thought it was a great job. Uh, obviously, they took uh, two points. We just got the one uh, a couple nights ago uh, in our building, so we wanted to respond, and uh, did a great job tonight. Your power play pl played a big role in tonight's game, as it has all season long. Now, there were questions when Barry was moved out if Bouchard was truly ready to take the PP1 reins and so far so good isn't it yeah I, I think Bushi I think we all had confidence that he'd be able to step in there and uh, um, uh, pick up kind of where Tice left off and uh, he, he's got such an ability to read the play um, I think just kind of him being confident up there uh, goes a long way for our group Okay, that's Nugent Hopkins. A goal and four assists as the Oilers take down the Golden Knights 7-4 tonight in Vegas. The Japanese Village Goal Light is on on 630Chet.com. Head there, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. You're also going to hear from Evander Kane. Didn't even mention that. He got his 300th goal tonight. So much <laughs> happened in this game. We'll hear from Evander Kane. You'll hear from Leon Dreisaitl. And, of course, we're happy to hear from you at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems certainteed pro all the way we got a couple folks on hold and we will get to you coming up on heartland ford overtime open line live oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen brothers this is the heartland ford overtime open line here's reed wilkins on oilers radio 630 chair on the left side side of the net rolled in front and saved by skinner coming across had the opportunity on the right. He didn't get a lot of, on it. Stuart Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner stops 18 out of 22. Gets the win. His record 24-14-5. The Oilers dominating 7-4 over Vegas. The shot clock 39-22 in favor of the Oilers who are 7-0-1 in their last eight. Since the calendar flipped to 2023, the Oilers are... Uh, I got to redo that because I just realized I made a mistake. They're pretty good, though. <laughs> I'll, do it, I'll do it on the fly. I just flipped that. I was like, wait a minute, that's not wrong because I only have one overtime and shootout loss, and they had three or four in a row at that one point. Yeah, make it up. I, I mean, can do it right now. Hold on, I'll do it right now. We're all tired I got to right do now. it. Tired or not, I have to be accurate. Uh, Rob, you can talk to somebody while I'm double-checking that stat. We have Steph on the Certainty Hotline. Steph, go ahead. Robin Reed, long time no talk. Right. Um, How are you doing? It's been, it's been a, good, good. Yeah, I'm still kind of recovering from that game. I really did not see uh, a seven. What was it? Seven four score um, for that game. That was that was something. Um, I just I had a question. Um, and please keep in mind, I'm really not at all following kind of who's in the running for the individual awards this year. Mm -hmm. um, but we know Nuge is having an incredible year, and he is you know inevitably you know, going to be in the shadow of, of Connor and, and Dreisaitl. Um, I'm wondering what you guys think are the chances that he's making a case for the Selkie this year? Um, I mean, that's it's a good question. I haven't really thought about Nuge in, in that vein. I mean, there's normally guys like a Patrice Bergeron are, are up there. 
and more or less owns the award, uh, maybe he gets votes. I think at plus seven in the plus minus would be a little bit of a hit against him because uh, a guy that's a Selkie, you'd like him to be in the plus 20s or, or higher. Um, but yeah. I think it often, I'd have to double check, I think it almost always goes to a center too. And Nuge has not been Usually, a center but I don't all know the if time. That, yeah, I don't know if that would matter as much. It's one of those, is he having a better year than a pre, Patrice Bergeron? Um, trying to think who else is out there this year. Normally, Ryan O'Reilly's name's up there too, but he has not had the season he normally has. Uh, that's a good point. I, well, a center's won it every year since 2004. <laughs> so it doesn't always have to be a center. No, true. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Nuge, the other one, as soon as you uh, you just said something about a, an award for Nuge, I quickly looked at penalty minutes because they usually look for a very good offensive player that's not going to win the MVP, not going to win the Art Ross, and then he gets the the most generally player award, the Lady Bing. Uh, he's got 33 minutes on the year. He's got a fight. He does have a fight. Not a lot of guys. I just, I'd have to see what Pasternak has. Pasternak's got a, a fantastic year. Uh, with 52 goals, depending on what he, he has. He has 34 minutes. So, very similar. Dreisaitl only has 24. I don't know if he would... <laughs> if would, other players voted, no, nobody would vote for Leon. No, for, I'm, I'm shocked. He's, he's mean. No, what, 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 with Leon, is he's just crafty. Because <laughs> the refs don't notice because, yeah, he is a mean, mean guy out there sometimes. But uh, I don't know if Nugent Hopkins will get an NHL award. But he is certainly having a fantastic season this year and a big reason right now that the Edmonton Oilers are, are pushing to win their division and possibly their conference. Yeah, it's a good question. The only non-center to win the Selkie this century, mm -hmm. who do you think it was? I have no idea. Played for Hitch. Oh, um, it's the guy, the Finnish kid. Yuri Lettinen. Lettinen, yeah. He, he won it in 0203. So the last, I'll just, I'll give the last five starting from last year. Bergeron, Barkov, Couturier, O'Reilly, Kopitar. Yeah, so those are some pretty good players. Kopitar's having another good year this year. Barkov, his team's turned it around in Florida. Yeah, yeah Nuge, is, Nuge is good, although I, I don't know if Nuge goes head-to-head -head against the other team's top players. The awards, they're, like, they're, there's all, they're, some of the awards are... To me, the Selkie, and look, the, obviously you got to be an excellent hockey player to win any sort of individual award. It's always been a bit of a strange one for me because it's all, they all they almost look at, well, who's a guy who? It's almost Selkie's not really. What am I trying to say? It's not to me. It's not the best defensive forward. It's the best all-round forward, because the best defensive forward could get no points. He could, but he right. But, yeah, he could, but he doesn't. To me, Patrice Bergeron is the best defensive forward in the National Hockey League and has been for a year. But what if he never scored a goal? Well, he, well, he still would be, but he's not. he still scores so goals. Because so. the best defensive forward also puts the puck in the other. Because if, if you're scoring on the other team, they're not scoring on you. He is Right, they, but they that's look, not pure defending. You wouldn't say that the guy with the most interceptions is the best receiver in the league or the best all-around pass catcher. Pass catcher? 
You know what I mean? Well, like if I got 17 interceptions, yeah. you wouldn't say, well, he's he's. Yeah, he's, but if if I'm going, he's out, just defending. He's the best. Patrice defender. Bergeron's going out against the other team's top players. No, I know. I'm not, I'm not. I'm and, not disparaging and, his abilities. And he's always plus a high plus yeah. minus, which means defensively he's shutting down the other team top player and he's scoring. So the, you could have as a best defensive guy that's only on for two goals against the whole season, but he's minus two on the year. That's pretty good if you're only on for two goals against. Yeah, but if you're, or would you rather have the guy that's plus 32? Oh, I, no, I'm not yeah. saying which player I'd rather have. I'm just, well, I'm just, I'm say just saying me. the pure. De- I mean, it's almost like the the Norris is often the highest scoring defenseman, that's, who is usually also a good no, no, I don't all think that's defenseman. True. I don't think that's true because a lot of the times, like when Hedman, he wasn't always winning the scoring for defensemen. There's always one or two guys that may have more points. Tyson Berry led the league in scoring for defensemen. He didn't get any points or any votes for the Norris. So those guys are the best defensive player, the best defensemen. And defensemen doesn't mean you only defend. Defensemen is all-round. Defensemen is jumping in the play, reading the plays, getting back. Hedman, Yossi. Okay, so is, but is Carlson the best all-round defenseman I, this year? No, I wouldn't pick him. As the, but I he's going to win. He's going to win. I wouldn't pick him. Okay. But well, he, at least your argument is mostly consistent. Well, <laughs> all my arguments are consistent. They're not always right, but they're always <laughs> consistent. Uh, to me, the best defenseman in the National Hockey League is Kale McCarr. And I, I, I challenge anyone to tell me some, someone that's better than him. I mean, he does everything. Yeah, oh, I would agree with that. No, this season he's also missed time, he's so missed you, time, you yes. might need to some, vote for somebody else anyway. But yeah, yeah, there's there's a couple guys out there having really good seasons. I mean, Carlson just having a rejuvenated season. I think he's minus on the year. So, but that part of it's too. He's on a really bad hockey club. McDavid will win the the Art Ross, or sorry, he'll win the Hart. He'll win the, the Art Ross and the Richard that are voted yeah, on. So. And he'll win the Lester B. Pearson. Uh, That's yeah, what's, it called, what's it called now? I don't know. The uh, is it named after Makita now? Is it? It's not the Lester B. Pearson anymore. That's they, just, they a, that's just it an several years ago. I can't, I can't believe I forgot who they changed it after. Uh, I think it's now the. I hope, it, I hope it's not like Gretzky or Messier that we'd look really foolish. Ted, sorry, it's named after Ted Lindsay. Okay. Ted, it's named after Ted Lindsay. Now. Okay, my, so my, my and he'll win that award as well. Yeah, Leon might finish in the top three for votes. Um, I think, yeah, Pasternak will be there too. I think Skinner will get Rookie of the Year votes. He may not be in the top three. Probably Ooh, won't. I don't know about that. Uh, and quite frankly, I think Woody will get Coach of the Year votes. Well, I mean, a lot of coaches get a vote or two. Yeah. Woody might get a significant amount. Again, I don't know if it's going to be in the top three. He may get a lot of, like, Fourth I mean, or fifth on the Cassidy's go, or sorry, who is it? Uh, Montgomery's going to win it in Boston. But I don't even know if that's the right choice, quite frankly. Well, I mean, he's doing a lot with a lot. Todd <laughs> McClellan's doing a lot with not with as much. With a team that some people didn't think was going to get in the playoffs. Yes. You know. So, yeah, I mean, there's there are some that are up for debate. Again, Eric Carlson's having a, a fantastic year this year, but I agree. I'm not sure I'd have him as, as my Norris. There are a couple other defensemen. I was looking at it the other day, who I thought I'd vote. Now I can't even remember who it was. But it's deep. I think there are some slam dumps, dunks, and Carmen. well, McDavid may be unanimous for the for the heart. I mean, he's going to win the score. No, race. you know what? He won't be unanimous because there's always a reporter to. I mean, there's a couple of years ago when Leon won the MVP, and some dude didn't have him in their top five. Like so, there's going to no, be. No, McDavid was unanimous two years ago. 
among all reporters? Was he? Yes. He received all 100 first place oh, votes. Okay. He was unanimous. Yeah, the, the thing about Leah, Leah I, I, I didn't have, and I did a little rant about this. I didn't have a problem with Leon not being unanimous. Oh, I agree. But I, I think it was absurd that some people didn't have him in the top five. No, I, 100%. Like, oh. to me, if, you, if you're the leading scorer in the league, because ultimately you have to score to win, and I have to pick five people for the Hart Trophy, I'm putting the leading scorer on the league somewhere in my top five. <laughs> Unless there's, like, five goalies with 20 shutouts or well, something. But, and then, but then I remember that year you had a couple players that you're like, okay, you're not even, they're not in the top 12 players. And he, he was going off of analytics and silliness stuff. But, yeah, no, Connor should, should get every first place vote. Uh, Pasternak will get some votes. He's having a fantastic year for the Boston yeah. Bruins. Well, I mean, Kucherov's. Yeah, I'm not sure he'll get... Third in scoring. I, I think Pasternak will get more than Kucherov this year. I think Kucherov has had a very quiet third place in the scoring lead. You don't really hear a whole lot talking about him this year. Having said that, he is a two-time Stanley Cup champion. You know who else might get some votes for the heart? Who's well, that? there's a few guys. But who I, I, who I wonder if this guy could get enough to sneak in as a finalist? Jason Robertson. You know what? Yes, he slowed down a little bit in the second half of the season. Fantastic young hockey player. Really nice ho hockey player. To me, the top three for are Connor, Leon, and David Pasternak. They're my top three for the heart. Oilers win 7-4 over the Golden Knights. Here is Leon Dreisaitl. Leon, what did you make of your team's responses, especially early on in the hockey game, getting quick ones back? Uh, yeah, really good. Um, you know, obviously um, gave up a couple there. Um, Maybe maybe a little unnecessarily, but uh, found found a way to come back and um, you know took took the game over from there. So uh, all around pretty pretty good effort. Your last say month has been really strong, uh, both defensively and offensively. Is there a health thing? Are you just playing better? What's what's going right for you? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> um, sometimes uh, you know things get in the way and you just. Maybe get in your head a little bit at times, and um, you know that that happens to me as well, just just like any other player. So, um, yeah, obviously looking to continue that. You said at the All Star game that you weren't really happy with your game, and uh, then you came back and you've been pretty good ever since. Uh, is there anything about that? Is it was that some kind of turning point? Or no, it's just I, I I know how how good I can be when um, you know when I decide to or when when I want to, and, and when I play that way, then. Um, you know, I get down on myself pretty, pretty hard if, if I don't play to that potential. Um, so I got, I got high expectations for myself. So, um, yeah, it's just a little bit of a turning point for me. And um, yeah, keep it, keep it going. Last one for me. Sorry. Uh, when you play a team this close to playoffs, that there's a decent chance you could run into them in the playoffs. When you put up seven goals on them like this, is it? Uh, that's got to be a good thing. Yeah, it's 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 great. Uh, every every line contributed. Uh, power play was go good. PK was really good. Um, so that's that's a great sign. Um, obviously, we, we still gave up four goals, and um, you know we, we we want that to come down a little bit. But um, all in all, I uh, thought we we yeah had had the play in our favor for for most of the night and, and handled it very well. Five points for Nugent Hopkins. Four points away from his first 100-point season. How special is it to have a teammate like that? coming in so close to a milestone like that yeah he's just such a good hockey player it's uh 
it's, it's crazy. He, he, he doesn't get nearly enough uh, recognition and um, that, that, than he deserves. Uh, you know, the, the things he does um, are so subtle, and, and most people don't, don't realize what, what he does out there, but uh, it's just a phenomenal hockey player. Leon Dreisaitl, uh, some praise for the Nuge after the Oilers win 7-4 in Vegas. Ken gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino. I set the line at 6.5 total goals in this game by both teams because the other three games had ended 4-3. Well, the Oilers get there on their own. Ken took the over, set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. Sir Robert on the line. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, I mean, I think I said last night that you know I was uh, I was a little bit concerned with uh, them uh, having fits with uh, uh, Arizona, but obviously tonight, this, I mean, again, first goal against early, I wasn't happy about that, but overall, I thought the way they played for honestly 55, 56 minutes tonight, they were all around the better team. The power play, I mean, three for three, that's, I mean, lethal, period. I mean, there's really not another, I mean, there's really not another way to put it. And I guess a uh, quick comment on Bouchard. I know, uh, you know, uh, people are saying that, you know, defensively he's, he struggles at times and he does, but, you know, obviously his presence on the power play, I don't, I mean, he's been good since we traded Barry. I don't know if I thought he'd be this good, but he's, uh, I guess I'd say he's been uh, maybe not better than Barry was, but I think uh, I think at some point uh, he'll definitely get there. Nuge, I believe, well, well, I think it's a foregone conclusion now that Nuge will hit 100 points. Uh, McDavid is so. What do you what do you think? One. Would you get? Do you think Nuge gets selkie votes, Sir Robert? You watch a lot of the games, or like around the league? Yeah, I mean, personally. If it were me, would he get selfie votes? Yes. Do I do I necessarily think he will? Probably not. I don't I would I I would say maybe the one thing that would that would maybe that would maybe prevent maybe prevent that was the that uh um that fight he had earlier this year because obviously because i mean obviously but he was defending kyler yamamoto yeah but that's that's so therefore you asked about the selkie though the selkie has nothing to do with fighting though well oh lady big yeah Yeah, lady big yeah 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 true but uh i guess uh uh, i guess i would say this um i mean i mean yeah i mean yeah he was the he was defending yamo so i mean that's certainly uh i mean uh, a good on him for that, but uh, obviously, I think uh, I think the Oilers just might finish first in the division. I know they don't. I know they don't control their fate more or less. I mean, they could win all seven and still not finish first. But yeah. I right. mean, I, cer- I, I certainly like their chances. But uh, LA, well, we gotta uh, we gotta start by catching them. So big game Thursday night. Okay. See you, Sir Robert. Yeah, that's what I would do. I would vote for Nuge for the Selkie. I don't vote, by the way, everybody. Hmm. That'd be absurd. And then I'll say yes, because he defended. He's the best defensive forward because he defended Yamo. He did. He sent, <laughs> he sent, a, sent a message. <laughs> I, could interpret it, I could interpret it however I want, right? 
That is true. That is true. Uh, he's having a fantastic year. I don't think he'll be up for those awards. Actually, another It's fun to talk about, It though. is fun. Yeah, it's fun. Another defenseman to talk about. Hampus Lindholm for the Boston Bruins. I just checked. Having a good year offensively, 49 points. He's plus 46 on the season. Plus 46. Yeah. That, that's silly stupid. Yeah, that's incredible. And, and, and I think in terms of players who will get votes for the heart... You know what? It will be interesting to see who finishes second and third. <laughs> that will yeah. be the race. Rantanen, I think, might get more votes than McKinnon and maybe some other guys because he played the entire year. And, and I'm carried. not saying, oh, it's games played, but he kept producing without some of his running mates. Well, he, he kept the, the Avs in, in a, a playoff race when right. they were missing it. I mean, they're missing Landeskog for the whole year, McKinnon for large part. McCarr was out. Uh, he, he's had a fantastic year. Pasternak's going to get some votes. Uh, and, I th and I said Jack Hughes, who's having a fantastic year in New Jersey. Uh, he doesn't have the point total of a Leon or Connor, but he's uh, one of the he is the best player on a very good New Jersey team. Well, so. quite frankly, Lindley Ruff should get Coach of the Year votes. Oh, well, yeah, I should, agree. shouldn't have left him out before. No, yeah. yeah, you're right. No one was expecting New Jersey to do. Well, what they wanted to fire three games. <laughs> they were chanting "Fire Ruff." <laughs> All right, Oilers win seven four. You're going to hear from Evander Kane, and uh, you can chime in here seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. McNabb takes a hard hit from Kane. Puck comes free. Back to the line. Nurse. All right, crunch of the game there for Cougar Paint Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting the Oilers. Crunch the goal of the night, 7-4. The Oilers took control in the second period, outscoring Vegas 3-1 in the second, outshooting them 21-6 to lead 6-3 after two. How about that shot by Kulak, by the way, to the penalty box early in the third, third goal of the season? I love the fact that he did not look for anyone to pass. He goes, I do not get this opportunity very often. I'm going to put it in the back of the net. And it was a great shot. That's one Brassois' first shot he faced in net, and he had absolutely no chance on that perfect shot by Kulak. It is a player's dream to be sitting in the penalty box watching the play trying to plan walk or skating onto the ice as you get the breakaway pass worked out well for Kulak big goal for him and again a big goal for the Oilers that'll be our quick change Kulak hadn't scored in over 40 games for Jiffy Loop keeping you moving to and from the game visit your local Jiffy Loop today we got Mike at 7804960063 go ahead Mike hey Reed hey Rob uh Good game, man. I uh, loved it, you know. Uh, I just want to say, like, uh, I've been uh, an Oilers fan just recently, since uh, 2017, that playoff run there. I'm from Jamaica, so I knew nothing about hockey until uh, I saw the Oilers play. I loved it, you know. I think the Oilers are, uh, whether they play uh, Vegas or L.A. in the first round, we're definitely going to pass that. Are you? Do you live in Edmonton now? Oh yeah, I live yeah. in Edmonton. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you'd never, you'd I, never. I, I mean, I know you lived in Jamaica, but had you ever seen hockey, or were you aware of hockey, or you know, anything like that? So I came to Canada in 2009. Um, okay. I I lived in Ontario for a while. Um, I couldn't 
like I, I I never got to go to the games, but like watching it on TV, I couldn't uh, I couldn't see the puck. So I was like, <laughs> why are these guys just skating around? Like what is, what are they doing? But uh, in 2017, I moved to Edmonton uh, 2012, and uh, in 2017, you know, uh, all the hype around the Oilers uh, making the playoffs there, um, I. Uh, I kind of sat and watched a couple games, and ever since then, I've been hooked, man. And I, I, I don't like the Flames. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're a true, true, true Edmonton fan, yeah. Well, and you picked a, a good time to move to Edmonton when they broke the 10-year playoff drought as opposed to oh, yeah. oh, living, yeah. living through oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool, Mike. You guys, Mike. You guys have a good show. I listen all the time. Uh, even when I'm at work, I have uh, the, the game in my ears there. Um, you know, I, I don't miss a game, man. I well, love it. We really appreciate that, Mike. Yeah, call any time. Thanks. I, I really enjoy stories like that because, uh, I mean, we, we've talked about um, the messages sometimes we get literally from around the world. And like I said, sports, I, I do think it brings people together and brings, in this part of the world, Oilers fans together. I this, The Oilers are 23-7-7 seven seven in 2023. I think I made my... W- seven look like a one on my original notes and then when I transferred it to my page for the anyway. So it wasn't <laughs> twenty three seven. It wasn't so they got a good record. Yeah, it wasn't poor counting, it was poor penmanship is what the problem was. Yes, which as you know, I struggle with. <laughs> and also finding things online because I bring up everything I might think I think I might have to look up and then I have about seventeen tabs open. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, I looked it up, I'll get it and well which tab is it? Well, if you need any help, just let me. I'm just well, you have all here. the stats memorized. Oh, yeah, I got nothing memorized. I got a horrible memory. Well, that's not totally true. Well, no, it is. It's time. That's what my neurologist and my wife both say. Well, fair enough. What else happened today? Uh, Vander Kane had 11 shots on goal, most by Northern this season. He wanted his 300th goal he, tonight. He really wanted his 300th and, and, uh, goal. That was one of the best games Evander's had since he's come back from injury. He was outstanding in this game. Uh, he had great A scoring chances all over the place, but he was physical. He was backtracking on the puck, uh, good in his own zone, creating havoc on the in, in the offensive zone. That is what the Oilers needed of Evander night after night, and that's what you saw in the playoffs last year right. from Evander Kane. So it's a good sign that he's starting to get back up to 100% coming back from the long-term injury because when Kane's going, when Hyman's going, it just adds to the already lethal arsenal the others have with their top three scores already. Vander Kane's the fourth star of the game for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. The three stars, well, pretty easy to pick. Nugent Hopkins, the first star, five points. McDavid, the second star, he had three assists. And Leon Dreisaitl gets the third star tonight. He had a goal and an assist. And, and that, that was a great play to set up Kane's goal. I mean, Dreisaitl carries it, given goal with Yamo, and then Dreisaitl has to make a great move. And that's the thing about that play. A lot of players, well, correct me if I'm wrong, because you played in the NHL, but my observation of that is a lot of players, it would be difficult enough for them to completely avoid contact from the defenseman. Leon not only did that, he got the puck back in one motion and passed it to Evander Kane. Well, most of us would have got hit. Right. <laughs> like, so it wasn't so <laughs> much getting the mean. puck back. Yeah. I would have got uh, someone would have got a piece of me. Uh, people don't realize a how fast Leon is. He doesn't look as fast as Connor because Connor's feet are moving all the time, and he's not as fast as Connor. But yeah, Leon has big 
big strides. And when he gets going, uh, nobody's catching him. And then he's a big man, so it's hard to avoid contact. Connor never gets touched, but Leon, some, you always get a piece of him. But no, he avoids the contact. He gets the puck back. Then he goes dipsy-doodle on Martinez, an excellent defender. And then I believe that was the one It was a backhand pass right on the blade of Kane, so Kane didn't have to move his stick. Uh, so many good things happened in that play by Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, I got a te text in one of my texting groups tonight that over the last 10 to 12 games, Leon is the Leon the beast. He, I mean, every single game, he's dominating. And when you have the best player in the world, and now all of a sudden on your second line, you have the second best player in the world, it doesn't seem fair for the opposition. So uh, Leon had another excellent game. And the, the best part for Oilers fans right now is the Oilers' best two players are playing better. They're improving. Uh, they're dominating at the right time of the season. So as you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of fans out there wondering which team scares the Oilers in the first round. Well, what we've seen over the last little while, the Edmonton Oilers would scare just about any other team in the National Hockey League, the way they're playing as of lately. 7-4, the Oilers win over the Golden Knights. You will hear from Evander Kane when we bring you back. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Dry sidle up the right side, reads out to center. Right wing, got it to Yamamoto, back to dry sidle, across to Kane, scores! Evander Kane gets his 300th career goal and gives the a 5-3 lead. And the Oilers would roll to a 7-4 win over the Vegas Golden Knights. Yes, that is indeed career goal number 300 for Evander Kane. Here he is. Evander, uh, congratulations on goal number 300. What comes to mind when you hear that number? Uh, obviously a nice milestone to get to. Um, you know, hopefully... Uh, can get to another one uh, in a few years. I know you're more concerned about the victory tonight, so how did you kind of see that one play out? Yeah, I thought it was good. I think uh, obviously this building, uh, they score early. Um, you know, you try to prevent that. I've, back in San Jose, I, I know what that's like, so um, I thought we responded really well, really quick. Um, and really did a good job of, of limiting their chances and, and spending a lot of time in their zone. And we got pucks in the net, and when you do that, uh, things come off of that, and you're able to make plays. What's it like seeing a popular teammate record a five-point night and closing in on point number 100 on the season? Yeah, I mean, he's been... Uh He's been great. Um, you know, he's, he's had a hell of a season. He's a guy that uh, has great poise with the puck, um, real heady, makes great plays, and he's been shooting the puck a little bit more this year and is fine in the back of the net, so uh, he's having a hell of a year. Hey, you beat Connor to 300. That's something. <laughs> well, would have been earlier in the year, I would have hoped. If I... <laughs> uh, I'm sure he'll be at 400 real quick. <laughs> yeah, you got to beat it to 400 now. <laughs> then I'll be really impressed with myself. <laughs> uh, you guys take three or four from Vegas last few days. LA loses tonight. All of a sudden, it's pretty uh, cold, close at the top of the division. Does it make the last eight, seven or eight games here a little more fun? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, it's been tight all year. Uh, you know, 
it's been it's been like that. I feel like for the last two months, you know, one night can can change the complexion of uh, what the standings look like, and um, that happened tonight. So obviously, uh, games mean uh, a little bit more down the stretch, and you know, you want to finish as high as you possibly can, and and uh, you know, try to get home ice. All right, so that's Evander Kane firing in his uh, 300th goal of his career. So Leon got to 300 yesterday, and McDavid's been sitting at 299 for a couple of games, so he's probably going to get that soon. Just another note on Nugent Hopkins here. He extends his point streak to nine games. That ties the longest of his career. So he's up to 18 points in nine games. He also had a nine-game streak from October 16th to November 5th, 2021. He had 14 assists. He didn't have a goal <laughs> over that nine-game streak. That's So that's kind of interesting there. So uh, against Anaheim on Thursday, he can set a new personal record for the longest point streak of his career. And, of course, five points for Nugent Hopkins. Tying a career high, he had five points in a 9-2 win over Chicago in 2011. That was uh, obviously when he was a rookie, and uh, they were all assists in that game, three of them on the power play. Really impressive performance by the Oilers tonight. A lot of action earlier in this game. Some bouncing pucks led to some couple of open goals each way. 3-2 uh, for Edmonton, 10 minutes into the game, and then they really took it over in the second period with 21 shots on goal. Get more on this game, more on the Oilers on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Our next game broadcast presented by Friesen Brothers, Oilers home to the Kings on Thursday, 5.30 for the face-off show, and the puck will drop at 7. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers, cash in, 7-4 win in Vegas. Have a good night.